Thank you so much, Laura and Stephanie. Thank you to our young people who helped to tell the story tonight. And thank you to Ken. Do you all have storytellers in your family like Ken? Now, I've told you before, I have an uncle, Terry, who can tell a fish story like nobody's business. I've had grandparents that have been able to sit me down and share stories. I've had folks in my life that have been able to share a story in a way that captivates me. Do you have storytellers in your family? Luke is a storyteller. Our writer today of this gospel is one who weaves themes and ideas with short stories. There are big threads that run throughout all of the gospel and even into the the book of Acts as well. And then there are also small themes, small ideas and images that he crafts with words that hold our attention and create a story that continues to live on and speaks to us even today. The story of Jesus' birth. This is the one that we use mainly as the one to understand how Jesus came to be part of us. I've mentioned before, there are, there are actually five different accounts of Jesus coming to earth. There's Luke's portrayal with shepherds and angels. There's Matthew's version. Matthew doesn't have shepherds, and the angel comes to visit Joseph, and remember, there's a star in the sky. That's Matthew's story. John, John's a little more kind of out there. He gives us this story and also a poem that shares more about light and about where Jesus was. Mark. Mark shares that when Jesus really emerged as to who he was, that time happened at baptism. And I mentioned five, even though there are only four Gospels. Paul, when he writes, he has an understanding that Jesus became who he was and shared God's love for the world at the time of the resurrection. That was for him, was the moment that everything changed. We've heard these stories before. We've meshed them and merged them. I mean, you've probably seen Christmas stories before that have the Magi here as well. That usually is around Epiphany because they came about one year old. But, you know, hey, when we're we're setting a story, when we're telling a story, sometimes we use a little poetic license. We've heard this story before. But the question is tonight, what more is there? Luke starts this story as all good stories do begin, with a place and a time. Long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Or maybe it started back when your mother was a little girl and we lived in St. Louis. But back then, or th- this story begins in those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that the world should be registered. The story begins from a powerful ruler set far away from the people who were beginning to hear this story who were telling it. 
Set in Rome, an emperor speaks. And then it gets a little smaller. Quirinius was governor of Syria, and that's who then relayed the message on down. And it went from there a little bit smaller to Nazareth and Galilee. And then we find ourselves even further smaller places to Bethlehem. And finally, in a feeding trough outside the guest room of a house and a hillside that doesn't even have a name. God nurtures and celebrates all of creation by recognizing that he was going to come in the form of a baby, not in a place of political power, but was going to come to those who were seen as less than, who were seen as outcasts. Jesus was coming to the world, the whole world. God celebrates all of our stories and brings this idea of love to the world through different ways of imagining and thinking about it. We even get all kinds of different characters for us to identify with, just as our young people came up here tonight and identified with a certain character. That's why we can have multiple Marys. It's okay. It's okay that we didn't have a Joseph. Nobody was there tonight. It's all right. I don't know if I could have handled the role of Joseph. But Luke wants us to hear the stories of Zechariah, an older priest that is just trying to do his thing, but finds out that he's going to be a dad at an older age. Luke wants us to know about Elizabeth, an older woman thought to be barren who was pushed aside because back then, if you didn't have kids, women weren't seen as having any kind of value. Luke wants us to know about Joseph. Joseph was a craftsperson, a stonemason, someone who worked with his hands, someone who built um, places but didn't always live in the big houses that he put together. Luke tells us of shepherds, and not just the regular shepherds. These are the ones who worked the late, late shift. Girls and boys, if you didn't know that, Girls could be shepherds back then as well. And then there was Mary, a girl, a maiden herself, who is invited to embrace how she has been created in God's image, and she will give birth to God's child. And that child will show and name what God's love looks like in this world. Mary is so important in the story that Luke even invites us to value her thoughts. Did you catch that? It bookends the story tonight that when the angel Gabriel comes to her, she ponders what all this means. And then at the very end tonight, when she is sitting there after giving birth and all these dirty shepherds have come in to invade the space and have left, and she's just taking it all in, she ponders it again. The word ponder in the Greek is made up of these two words, you and throwing around. 
Imagine how her mind must have been swirling, the thoughts that were moving around, that were ping-ponging around in her mind. Luke values those and invites us to value those as well. Don't let this just be cast aside. Because if you've never heard these kind of words, I don't care what you think. Ever heard that? How about this one, kids? Children are supposed to be seen and not heard? Or maybe it's just that people don't value what you have to think, your ideas that you share. Have you ever felt like that? Well, this is Luke lifting up Mary and saying her thoughts matter. What is going on in her mind, what she is pondering, what she is putting all together, it has importance. Mary is not just given a name, and that's something that's big in the biblical narrative. She's given words to speak, a song to sing, and thoughts and insights to share. Are we ready to listen? To hear what Mary is thinking and to join our voices and our lives as well. This Christmas, I hope something. I hope that you hear the invitation that God is extending to you that we might seek out deeper living. Might mean, we might see within this Christmas story that our stories matter and that God believes in us and values the stories that we bring. The Christmas story is not about God wanting us to do better. God knows us and knows what is in our heart This is not about earning something with God. This is being who we've been created to be, embracing the inner story that each of us has, the inner voice that we have been blessed with, and sharing it, nurturing it, and telling it over and over again, joining it with others that we sit with here and that are out in this world so that we might continue to share God's love and make a difference in the lives that we offer up. What more is there? That will be told in the stories as we live out these doors tonight. How did the story make a difference in the shepherds' lives? How did the story and the thoughts that Mary all took in, how did it make a difference in her life, in Joseph's, and those that were gathered that night? Maybe even the one that invited them into their home. How will your story make a difference? Tonight, on Christmas morning, and moving forward. I can't wait to hear those stories. Amen. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. 
Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.